0: we're going to go over the call the greeting and the gospel turn if you would to galatians 1 there's just a few scriptures i'm going to point out um the call right in verse 1 we see paul an apostle not from men nor through man but through jesus christ and god the father who raised him from the dead Paul's apostleship had been challenged, had been brought into question by some in Galatia who were adding the burdens to the Gentile believers, telling them that they needed to be circumcised, they needed to become Jewish, as well as have faith in Jesus Christ. And so he... um, and began his letter to these churches in the region of Galatia by stating where his authority had come from. It hadn't come from men. It wasn't a man who had called him to be an apostle. It wasn't a man who had taught him about the, the things of the Lord and about uh, the gospel. And it wasn't a man who had sent him out. It was the Lord himself, and he wanted them to know it was from God who had called and put him in to the ministry. Now to be an apostle, not just one who was a disciple or one who followed Jesus, but an apostle, they had to have seen the risen Christ. And you're going to be able to talk about in your group when Paul saw and encountered the risen Christ. So And we don't know where he was, actually, when Jesus was crucified and had risen from the dead. But when he encountered Jesus, he was risen from the dead. So you'll be able to talk about that. But in Acts 1.22 is is where it talks about, um, and actually they said also that uh, the apostle who was going to replace Judas should have come from those that had been uh, with them in the ministry and had walked with um, the Lord. Chris, are you looking for someone? Sandy, right here. There she is. Okay, so anyway, um, the original 12 apostles are named in Matthew 10, 24. They were Peter and Andrew, who were brothers, James and John, who were the sons of Zebedee, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, Thaddeus, also known as Jude or Judas, but not Judas Iscariot, Simon the Canaanite, also known as Simon the Zealot, not Peter who became, I mean not Simon who became Peter, your Bibles might call Peter also Cephas, um, but We know him more as Peter because the Lord changed his name. And then Judas Iscariot. And we know those 12 apostles were called by Jesus to follow him. They all saw him after he had risen from the grave except for one, Judas Iscariot. Because Judas, who had betrayed Jesus, went and hung himself. He committed suicide after he realized what he had done. So then there were the uh, 11 apostles. And in Acts chapter 1... Under Peter's leadership, he called them to pray, we need to seek the Lord for who he wants to replace Judas's place with, uh, to seek the Lord for another 12th apostle to be raised up. There was a choice of two, and the Lord led them to um, choose Matthias. So Matthias was chosen. Paul did not become one of the original 12, but he was a mighty apostle used, as we know, Um, unless you're completely unfamiliar with the Bible or any studies. Paul uh, had been called by God, sent out by God. Peter was sent to the Jews. Paul was sent to the Jews, but more than that, to the Gentiles. So God was using Paul is an apostle to minister the gospel to the Gentiles. And again, to make sure that they understood, Paul clarified that it was Jesus Christ and his father who called him, the one who had the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that was now at work in In and through Paul and ladies it's the same power that's going to be at work in and through us the power of the Holy Spirit to equip us to first know Jesus and then to make him known to others and not just by what we say but how we live and we all have a call on our lives God has a purpose for each and every one of us and number one it's to live for the Lord we all are called to put the Lord first to love him to serve him and to help others come to know him, and to help others grow in their relationship with him. And I would encourage you this morning, if you lack that supernatural power, the power of God to overcome your flesh and the sin that you deal with, if if you're lacking power to overcome the pull of the world or uh, the temptations of the enemy, then I encourage you, pray, and ask God to fill you to overflowing with the power that he sends through his Holy Spirit. Um, If you're lacking God's love, that unconditional love, ask him to fill you to overflowing with his Holy Spirit. If you lack spiritual gifts, if you're not seeing God use you in any way with the, the gifts that equip you to carry out the call and the ministry God has on your life, ask him to fill you to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's the call. Number two, the greeting. In verse three, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul used two words, a Greek word and a Hebrew word. He used grace in Greek, which is charis, and peace in Hebrew, which is shalom. Paul combined these two words, and they aren't just here in this letter, but throughout the the New Testament, there's 16 other times that these two were used together and always in this order. And we know grace, one has said it's uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. Basically, it's unmerited favor. It's the blessings that we are given that we don't deserve, that we don't earn them. It's just because God is gracious. God pours out on us and shows us favor because he is gracious and bestows grace on us. In the letter to the Galatians, Paul describes the gospel of Jesus as the gospel of grace. And we know that um, grace saves, not works, but the work of Jesus, not the works of man. It is a gift. It's undeserved, unearned. And until one receives God's grace, they can't fully experience or know the peace of God. There's a bumper sticker I saw years ago. Maybe some of you have seen it too. It's the words N-O, know God, dash N-O, peace. If you don't know God, you're not going to know peace. But if you K-N-O-W, know God, then you can K-N-O-W, know peace. You have to first be reconciled to God before you can know Peace, the peace of God. And it's through that grace of salvation. Once you've made peace and been reconciled to God, you've made peace with God. Your sin has been taken care of. You are now restored into a relationship with a holy God through Jesus Christ. Then you can know, experience the peace of God, that peace that passes all understanding. And Paul wants them to know the grace and the peace that comes from God. And I think Paul may have wanted to begin his letter with what he knew they needed to be sure of, that their salvation came through grace, and they could be at peace and not worry about having to follow the Jewish traditions. They didn't have to become Jewish to be saved. And so that was putting an additional burden on them that they did not need to have put on them. So that takes us to three, the gospel. And throughout chapter 1, we read about the gospel. The gospel means good news or a good message. And the bottom line, the Bible teaches us that the gospel is good news because it brings salvation to man. Man cannot, never could, and never will be able to save himself. Can't be good enough to be saved, can't earn it, can't uh, deserve it, can't buy it, and because the good news brings life, eternal life, to those who are dead in their trespasses and sins. All of us, before we met Christ, were dead spiritually. And until we're born again, we're, we have no spiritual life. We have no eternal life. We, I, we would spend eternity apart from Christ, but to spend eternity with Christ, you need to be born again. So the gospel is good news because man cannot save himself. Man cannot and could not keep the Mosaic law. That was God's standard for righteousness. The Old Testament sacrifices were only a temporary solution to man's sin. But God, two of my favorite words, but God, he provided himself the lamb as sinless, without spot or blemish, who would die in our place, taking our sin on him, taking our punishment and setting us free. He covers us in his righteousness so that we would be acceptable to a holy God, so that we could have sweet fellowship with him that starts the moment we're born again and will go through all of eternity Now, the Jewish believers were convincing the new believers to turn away from that good news of the gospel and to go back to following Jewish tradition. And Paul was preaching to them. He wanted to correct that before it went too far um, because they were turning to what he called a different gospel one that was not the same as he originally had taught them, that had led to their salvation. Now these people, I've read in several commentaries, they're fickle, they were easily swayed, ready to believe kind of anything. And so Paul needed to correct that as soon as he heard that was going on and put a stop to it. Good works are not part of the gospel of Christ. It is his good work, not ours, not man's, not anything else. Our works will show or prove that our faith is real, that our faith is living. It's a result of salvation. It doesn't bring about salvation. Anything other perverts the gospel of Christ that is done or taught or offered um, apart from God's free gift of grace. It is a perversion, then, of the gospel. In, in verse 9, Paul said, If anyone teaches any other gospel, which really isn't a gospel, he said, let him be accursed. In verse 10, we read, He didn't care if what he said would displease man or offend man. He cared more about what pleased God. And when we're servants of the Lord, we need to live to please the Lord. And not ourselves, not our family members, not our church family, not those that we work with or go to school with. Acts 5.29, we read, we need to obey God rather than man. And if you're in a position where you can't do both, choose God. Always choose what's going to be pleasing to God. And let him deal with the consequences of your choosing him and putting him first, caring more what he thinks than what others think recently a friend who was working for a just a regular company not a Christian company turned in her notice she had to quit because she knew there were things going on behind the scenes that were not right that would be a bad reflection on her who she was a Christian and she didn't want to be partaking of that which was not right in God's eyes She turned in her notice. She didn't know she'd get another job. She didn't know where the the finances were going to come from. But she was being obedient, doing what was more pleasing to God. And God has provided a part-time job as well. I don't know if the finances are the same, but God's going to take care of her. And she knows that. In verse 11, Paul repeats, repeats that the gospel he preached was from God. It was not what man had taught him. He was a Jew's Jew that became a servant of God, a servant of Jesus Christ. And his transformation was real. We see the change. We read of the change. He didn't just preach the words. He walked the talk. He lived the life. And verse 24 declares the results. They glorified God in him. When others see your transformed life, they will give God the glory, whether they understand it or not. And that's what our retreat's about, ladies, being transformed. Another little plug for the retreat. It's not too late to sign up and come. If the finances are an issue, let me know. What a testimony, though. What a transformation. Would that it would be all of our transformation and testimony that we could be that radically changed. So, ladies, live out the call that God has on you. Experience God's grace and the peace that is yours and preach the gospel don't pervert it let's pray lord thank you so much for your word for your grace for your peace that comes that lord we want to live to please you but not for any reason other than we love you because you are love and you loved us You died for us when we were dead in our sins and trespasses. You've given us new life, abundant life here, eternal life that we'll spend with you. And we thank you, Lord, so much. So continue to give us understanding of your grace, of the gospel, of works where they fit, where they don't. And, Lord, use us. We want to surrender ourselves to you. And again, Lord, I pray you bless the discussion groups Help us to get through the lesson and dismiss early. Help the women find their, their group locations. Lord, you're the good shepherd and you lead your sheep to green pastures. So lead us to those green pastures this morning, Lord, where we can continue to feed on your word and share with one another. And we just commit the rest of the day to you. We pray you give order and peace to what's going on here at church with the different things, Lord, and just in our lives. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, once again, you are dismissed. Beverly's group is going to meet in the nursery, which is just down the hall on this lower level. Um, My group is going to be in the high school room, the youth room, and Lori's group will be in the middle school room. Both of those are upstairs. God bless you. Thanks for your flexibility.